Hey, this is Shannon Wooten, pastor of New Spring Church, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you, and I hope it gives you hope that a new life in Jesus is possible for you. We appreciate you, and thank you for listening. Hey, turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 23. Psalm 23, I'm excited about this first sermon series on Be Hope, where we are looking at December. I wanted to start today on because I really want us to take this week and see how the Holy Spirit will inspire you to challenge uh, someone in your life or someone around you and how you can point them to Jesus Christ. How can you give them hope? So you may have heard the statement, if God is good, then why does this happen? If God is good, maybe we have even said that. If God is good, then why do these things happen? So there is a belief, a foundational belief that I want, I want you to understand. Have you ever heard of God is good and God is good what? Okay, so it almost has become cliche to us that God is good and God is good all the time, but it's not a cliche. It's actually a foundational truth that every Christ follower believes. It's, 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 it's a belief system. It is, it is theology. So that God, there is evil in the world, but God is good, is actually a scriptural foundation that is taught to us throughout the Word of God. And I want to pass this on to you today. It's called uh, theodicy, that life, let's summarize it this way, life is hard, but God is good. Can you say that with me? Life is hard, but God is good. So this is a, an understanding that the Bible teaches us that life can be hard, and it will be at times. But that, that does not cancel out or negate that God is good. And that the goodness of God is a belief that we have. And that belief system, guys, brings hope not only to you, but to your situations and to the people around us. That life may be hard, but God is good. So we call this theodicy. It's a belief that people need hope. People need to look forward to God moving in their life. That God is not limited that God still has this desire to bring hope and to interact with our lives and make changes in our lives that can bring uh, hope to us. Human beings can live for 40 days without food. Someone said this. Human beings can live for 40 days without food, four days without water, and four minutes without air, but we cannot live for four seconds without hope. Many psychologists have done the study that the reason why suicide rates are so high is because people have come to the conclusion that there is no hope, that there's no way out. And once we lose hope, we cannot live. Research on the power of hope was done by taking a group of laboratory rats. They placed them in a container of water. And as they were swimming, they realized they could not get out. So within one hour, those lab rats died. Another group of lab rats were put in a container of water, and they were swimming, and all of a sudden, they would bring them out of the water occasionally, and then they would drop them back in. That routine went on, not, and they, that routine went on for over 24 hours that those lab rats kept paddling. Not because they were given rest, but because the rats knew that there was hope that someone would eventually lift them out of the water. I thought if, if rodents can have, can survive, so much longer, how much can human beings 
can we thrive and live our lives when we know that we have hope? It was Clara Booth Luce that said, there is no hopeless situations. There are only people who have grown hopeless about them. As we look at Psalm 23, it was David that was giving us this theodicy or this hope that God gives hope even not only in good but in bad situations. And I want us to read it together today. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Can I just pause for a moment and look at only in this first verse, here's what, here's what David is giving to us. He is showing us the preeminence of God. He didn't say a, that, that a Lord is my shepherd. He said the Lord. So he's showing us preeminence. He's showing us that God is personal. He didn't say that the Lord is a shepherd. He said the Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that with me? My shepherd. That God is personal. And he says that I lack nothing. That he's my shepherd. The fact that, that a shepherd protects his sheep. That sheep cannot survive on their own. They can't outrun their, their, their enemy. They cannot, they're in dangerous situations. They're slow. Sometimes they're not the brightest. But that shepherd brings protection. That God is not only showing his preeminence in this verse and not only that he's a personal God, but he's showing that he's a protective God, that God protects us. And lastly, I lack nothing, that God is a, a God that provides. He's, he gives provision. Just in that one verse, we have this foundational truth that gives us so much hope, that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. Can you shout amen? Verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. And now he's going to turn. Everything in those three verses are good. Those are good things. But now David's going to bring the perspective in verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. So the contrast from good to even some bad situations, even in those times, he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Verse 6, surely goodness. Can you say that, goodness? Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The first thing I want you to write down this morning is David is finding hope in the goodness of God, whether things are good or whether they're bad. It was G.K. Chesterton that said, hope means hoping when things are hopeless or it has no virtue at all. As long as matters are really hopeful, hope is mere flattery or platitude. It, only, it is only when everything is hopeless that hope begins to be strength. Hoping in God and seeing the hope that we have in God is only an, is only an idea when things are great in our life. But you let things get dark, you let things get hard in your life, and when you can rest on the fact of this foundational belief that God is good even in the midst of my dark times, you can draw from the strength of the goodness of God, and it brings great hope to us. David is letting us know from even the mountains to the valleys that God is good. That even in peaceful waters, God is good. There's hope there. But when the waters are rapid, when things are coming at you from all directions, 
God is still good in those times. Regardless of circumstances, he chooses to see good. And I believe this morning that God is prompting our hearts, no matter what we may see around us, that we choose to see that God is always good. His perspective stays the same. Mountains or valleys, calm waters or rapid waters, dark valleys or mountain highs, God is good. David's perspective stays the same. I'm going to tell you why this inspires me. Because there have been dark times in my life where I didn't always see God's goodness. There were times where I went through dark valleys that all I could see was darkness. All I could see was there's no way out. All I could experience was I don't know if I can get through this. But when David, when I read in Psalms 23 that David says that God is good and that he's always there, it reminds me that I need to shift my focus to not only see the bad, to not only see the dark valley, but I want to be able to see that God has prepared a table for me when I feel like I'm surrounded. Amen? That's where David is. He's not just trying to speak some motivational speech. He is talking to the very belief system of our heart and our spirit that you and I can shift our focus to see and have hope that God's goodness is with us, whether it's good or bad. Even when I'm surrounded, God is there to comfort me. So I want you to see this, that there is a difference in knowing God is good and seeing God is good. This morning, there is no doubt that every one of us can know that God is good. We know that. But let me ask you this. Can you see that God is good? I don't know about you, but, but Bonnie calls this selective man sight. Because Ross and I get caught every time. So she says, Ross, go find something in the refrigerator. He'll open the refrigerator and says, in like in two seconds, Mom, I can't find it. So I'll go and I'll look for the... I said, Bonnie, this, there's no strawberry jelly for my biscuits. What's going on? The, the strawberry jelly is gone. She said, I know it's there. I said, no, I've looked on every shelf. I'm telling you, it's not there. Within, and I'm, I'm certain, I'm, 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 I'm refrigerating the whole house. I'm there for hours looking for the strawberry jelly. Bonnie comes over in two seconds, and she says, it's right here. I said, you had it underneath your sleeve the whole time. Where did you find that? I looked. I couldn't find it. But it's funny that sometimes, sometimes people can see the good things in your life more than you can see it, right? You can have hope for other people, but sometimes when you're going through a dark valley, you can't see it. You can sometimes see that God is moving in people's lives in spite of what they're going through, but when it comes to you going through that and trying to see where God is moving, sometimes it's hard. It's our human nature not to see. Sometimes God can be right in the midst of our darkness right there preparing a table for us in the presence of our enemies, and sometimes we can't see it. And David is reminding us, guys, that he is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, I shall not want. I lack nothing. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You can be surrounded this morning by all kinds of setbacks and enemies and all kinds of things against you, opposition, but the Lord prepares a table before you in the presence, come on, in the presence of opposition, in the presence of darkness. God is there and God is good. Can I challenge you this morning to open our eyes and see God, see the goodness of God. 
Our eyes are not trained to see hope. And Jesus actually makes reference to this in Luke chapter 11. Look at this, Luke chapter 11, verse 34 and 35 and 36. Jesus said, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. Now, I want you to see this. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark. It will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Now, Jesus is not talking about our natural eye. He's talking about the eyes of our spirit, our internal, what we see, what is happening on the inside of you, your beliefs, your mindset. And when we have a mindset where all we can see is darkness inside of us, then Jesus says your whole life is going to be full of darkness. It's like someone just pulling the shade down inside of you to where you can't see anything but darkness or bad. Jesus is, is, is telling us that if you can shift the inside of your, your introspective, your, your perspective on life, your worldview of life, if you can see on the inside of you and believe that God is good, then you will be able to see God moving in your life. If you're inside, you're introspecting, uh, introspective and you're internalizing and you're, what you see on the inside is dark, is doubt, is unbelief, is negative, then all you're going to see is negative in your life. And Jesus is saying that good eyes will fill our inner man with light as we see the goodness of God. If you, This is why people who are hard and critical of themselves, they're normally going to be hard and critical on everyone else around them. Why? Because you're, not, you're miserable inside. Inside of you, you're miserable. You can't do anything right. You're imperfect in everything. And then so therefore you have internal eyes that look outwardly and your husband or your wife is always going to not, they're not going to do it right. The people around you are not going to do it right. Why? Because you're internalizing with a dark lens. But when you start believing in yourself and you start appreciating and valuing you, then you're going to be able to easily find the good in everyone else around you. Jesus is saying, shift our perspective to see light, to see the good, to see that God is good and see the goodness of God. Good eyes will fill our inner man with light, will be bright, our future will be bright, there will be joy for the present, our soul will be alive, we'll have anticipation and expectation that God is going to do something good, we will have hope. And may I may be going through, listen, you may be going through a dark valley. I may be going through a dark valley, but the Lord is there. Can you say amen? So let me say it this way. We may be going through some challenging times, but can we say because we see that God is with us even in our most difficult times? Can somebody shout amen? So the illustration, the first time, how many of you ever tried on a, a pair of, sunglasses that were polarized, polarized sunglasses. The first time that I, someone handed me a set of polarized sunglasses, I thought it was a gimmick, but I realized when I put them on, I could actually see a lot clearer. 
because the science behind polarized sunglasses is that it cancels out the horizontal glare. We have these light glares and light waves that just feel the whole feel the whole spectrum of what we're seeing. But polarized sunglasses cancel out the horizontal light to where now we just see the vertical light and our eyes become clear of what we're looking at. You and I need to put on, when we're going through dark valleys and bad times, we need to put on these spiritual polarized glasses where it cancels out all the bad and all we begin to see is the hand of God working. And it begins to shift our focus and our faith that now we have a song and, a, and we can rejoice and we can have a smile on our face and we can be lifted, our burdens can be lifted because all we see is the goodness of God around us and now we have hope not only for us but for the people around us. So let me just tell you that worrying won't stop bad stuff from happening. It just prevents you from enjoying the good. And I'm telling you, every one of us this morning, there is something good going on in your life. And if you worry, you fret, it's not going to keep bad stuff from happening. But what it's going to do, it's going to rob you from enjoying the good that God is doing in our lives. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, here's Elisha and his, his assistant with him, two guys, and they're completely surrounded by an enemy. I mean, by a huge army. There's thousands of soldiers and armies around them. And Elisha is just calm, cool, and collected. He's like, no sweating. I'm not sweating this. And the servant over here, all he can see is this huge army. And he says, Elisha, why are you not worried? He says, because you don't see what I see. And the servant says, I'm going to tell you what I see. I see thousands of people around us. And Elisha says, you got to see a little bit better than this. you got to see more. You need to see what I see. The servant couldn't see what Elisha saw. And why is this in the Bible? I believe it is to inspire us that there is a heavenly host that's also working. And all we want to do sometimes is focus on all the negative and the opposition around us. Well, can I also tell you, if there's evil and there's opposition... The Bible is teaching us that there's also a greater good that's going on, that God is greater than any darkness. So Elisha, here's Elisha not sweating it. They're surrounded by the enemy. And I'm telling you, the assistant's about ready to have a heart attack. He is freaking out. We're going to die. We're not going to get through this. And Elisha just says, let me just do something for you. And he reaches over, puts his hand on him, and he prays this prayer. And he says, Lord, open his eyes. And that simple prayer, when the man, when the servant opened his eyes, he now saw that they were surrounded by a heavenly host, God's army. And now he's saying, ah, this is no big deal. We got it. We got, we got this. I wonder this morning if, the, if God could open our eyes and get us to look beyond COVID, beyond viruses, beyond political, political tension, beyond financial strains, can God open our eyes and see the good that God is preparing for his people? I believe he's challenging, come on, the church to be people who will arise in faith and know that, yes, darkness is here. We're not avoiding that. But we know that God's goodness is greater than any darkness and that God's plan for my life is greater than any, come on, any attack of the enemy. God is good all the time. Can somebody shout amen? I just simply pray over you. I pray over you this morning. Lord, open our eyes and let us see that there 
are more for us than against us. Can you shout amen? God was there. God's forces was there. God's provision was there. And I declare this morning that God is here. That God's provision is here. That God's goodness is here with us. So hope begins when we stop wondering and start watching. Hope begins when we stop wondering. There are many of us who are believers. There are many Christians today, and as soon as they gave their heart to Jesus Christ, they believed in Jesus, but they're still holding on to this wondering, is God good? Can I just tell you that when you gave your life to to Jesus, you're no longer an atheist. You know that God is with you. You know there is a God, and you know that God is working. The problem is that some Christians are still believing like an atheist while they're professing Christianity with their mouth that Jesus died for them. But when we begin to doubt and fear and say, I wonder if God loves me. I don't know if God cares that we're still acting like an atheist. Come on, we need to fully convert over our hearts to the Lord and know that there is a God and God is working in my life. Stop wondering if God loves you. Stop wondering if God, if you wonder if God knows what you're going. Stop wondering if God, and begin to start believing and start watching God. Hope starts when we stop analyzing whether God is good or not. Hope starts when we are watching and anticipating the goodness of God despite our circumstances. Hope begins when we can see God's strength in our weaknesses and his goodness in our struggles. You have, God made you, made us with this, what we call an RAS. It's a reticular activator system. It's the part of your brain The reticular activating system denotes the part of the brain stem, reticular formation, which performs a crucial role in maintaining behavioral arousal, consciousness, and motivation. What happens is is that our brain picks up on what we gravitate to, what we like, what we want to see. Our brain, at an early age, it knows what you like, and that's why you begin to see everything that you've trained your brain to see. That's why I can spot a chocolate cake when the first thing I do, when I come into, when I come into this grocery store, I know most of you see all the carrots and the broccoli over there to the side, but my eyes shoot a little bit past that and I see the bakery over there and my, my brain tells me that there's, there's some goodness beyond all that other vegetable stuff. Bonnie, she can spot a pair of leopard shoes first thing in the store. She can, why? She's trained, it's, it's the RAS. I've trained my eyes to see this. You know what? Listen, we have conditioned our brain and our spirit. It's a little more than our physiology, guys, because our physiology is connected to our soul and our spirit too. And we are trained ourselves to look at the negative and see the bad when we need to reprogram our mind. Oh, that's a scripture verse. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. We can be transformed by renewing our mind and start seeing the goodness of God. I'm telling you, hope will arise in the world when we begin to see the goodness of God and our eyes are attracted to see, oh, I have hope in God. I believe my world is going to change. I believe my future is bright. I believe God is going to move in the midst of this mess. I believe that's the kind of God that we serve. And we train our eyes to see, even in hard times, 
we can train our eyes to see hope. How do we do this? Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come or the praise team to come back today. We train our eyes to see, even in hard times. Look at this. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19 through 25. He teaches us how to reprogram our hearts and our minds and our what we see. He said, Remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and the bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. I'm going through some hard times. I'm going through some troubles. My soul is bitter. But then he begins to switch into what he says. This I recall to my mind. Therefore I have hope. Can we, can we say that together? Let's say that last sentence together. Come on, say it out with, loud with me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Let's say it one more time. Come on, say it loud. Come on, loud and proud. Ready? This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. You need to recall some things to your mind today. What is it? He said, the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. For his compassions never fail. They are new, in fact, every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. Isn't that a great scripture verse? Come on, give God a praise this morning. What is he doing? He's trying to retrain on what we see. Stop wondering and start watching. Psalm chapter 42, verse 11. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again and my Savior, my God. Why is this? Because we know that God is bigger than anything in our lives that may seem like it's a a, a disappointment to us, that God's goodness is larger, it's bigger. There's a little boy, he was at the grocery store, and the grocer said, hey, they were checking out, and the grocer said, do you care, told the, the dad, he says, hey, do you care if I offer your son some candy out of the candy jar? And the dad said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And the son, the grocer said, here you go, son, go ahead and grab grab you some candy there. And the, the boy refused. He says, no. He says, try to urge it. He said, go ahead and stick your hand in there and grab some candy. The boy wouldn't do it. The third time, he said, son, go ahead and grab, grab you some candy. I'm offering it to you. And the boy said, no. He says, I want you to give it to me. The boy, the grocer reached in his hand and pulled out candy, gave it to the boy. Boy smiling. Got in the car and the dad says, son, why in the world would you not get the candy yourself? He said, dad, because his hand's bigger than mine. Smart boy. I wonder when we try to do life and we're trying to grab at life and our abilities and with our hands, I'm going to tell you we're always going to come up short, but here's where hope comes in. If we know that God is good and he's looking out over your life and his hand is on your life, come on, you know that some good is going to happen in your life because God's hand is a lot bigger than ours. Can you shout amen this morning? I don't know what you may be going through. I don't know what may be pressing against your your mind or your heart today, but here's what I do know, that God wants to instill hope in us. And he wants you to be hope 
to the people around you. And it's going to be a lot easier, guys, for us to offer hope to the people at the checkout line, at the restaurant, or waiter or waitress. It's going to be easier for you to offer hope to the people that you work with and your neighbors. You're going to be motivated when your your heart is full of hope that God is with you in his goodness. God is going to prompt you to be hope to other people. Can you stand with me this morning? When hope is overflung within us, it will spread to others. We can be hope. This week, guys, God wants to ignite fire, hope, passion within you where you can spread the hope of Christ to the people around you. Can you bow your heads with me for a moment? We're going to worship this song today, but here's what I want to ask you to do. Is God trying to open your eyes in some areas of your life to where you begin to see him? Whether there's some issues or things in your life where God is saying, I want you to believe me, I want you to have hope in me. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to fail. I I want you to be an inspiration to others. And if you feel like there's room this morning for your heart to grow in hope and your life and your spirit to grow in hope, I want us to begin to just, and we we have enough room to do this, and just you can come up front for a moment and just let's spread out across this front, or you can stand where you're at. That's fine too, but I want us to just lift our hands in the presence of God as we sing this last worship song. And I want your eyes to be open and fully engaged in the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, he has come. He is your shepherd. You shall not want. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He restores your soul. He leads you to calm waters. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil because he is with you. His rod and his staff. It comforts you. He's preparing a table for you right now in the presence of your enemies and your opposition. Can we worship the Lord? Come on, let's worship. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. We appreciate you tuning in. I hope you subscribe so you can join us back here next week. If you're interested in connecting with us at New Spring Church, text CONNECTNC to 94000. Hey, we're praying for you and we pray God's blessing upon you.